When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. From Learfield in the south end zone of Kyle Field, this is Studio 12. here's your rivalry. Just tomahawked it home. Olsen Magic doesn't live on in the Ray and Manning of the rivalry. 15 strikeouts. What a performance. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, this is Studio 12. And we welcome you to... Arlington, Texas, Studio 12 has hit the road, a live show away from home, just as we did in Denver a couple of weeks ago. We are at AT AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys and the Cotton Bowl, but on Saturday, tomorrow, it is the site for the Texas A&M Aggies and the Arkansas Razorbacks. A&M number seven in the AP poll, Arkansas number 16. We'll get to the matchup in just a minute, but uh, we're starting off with Andrew Monaco, Will Johnson with you, Matt Simon joins us later, but... Andrew, I always love when we get to do the live show from Arlington. We, we, yeah. we travel with a group. Yeah. That means we got about seven or eight in the live audience right out here in front of us yeah. up in the press box mm-hmm. at AT&T Stadium. 
You couple that with the five listeners back in Bryan College Station. Yeah. It's like the biggest show ever. It is. That we do. Yeah. A, a yeah. cast of singles. Yeah. <laughs> instead of just instead of a thousand. Smattering yeah. about the, all the The problem place. is they're yeah. throwing stuff at us. Right. That's the, that's the problem about right. being live. They're only hurting their own radio. Yeah, they are. <laughs> that's all they're doing. Yes, they are. <laughs> We're invincible inside there. <laughs> but... Uh, what a matchup it is, the Aggies and Razorbacks. It's the SEC opener for both. And as I said, A&M number seven in the AP poll, Arkansas number 16. The way we're going to start the show is talking to a good ag and our good friend from the Cotton Bowl. He is the chief marketing officer, and he is fighting Texas Aggie class of 96. We return to Arlington after the year back home in Kyle Field, but Michael Conradi joins us once more. Good to have you back, sir. Good to be back in our Oh, no doubt. So great to see you guys here. Goodness gracious. You didn't come to like Kyle last year, so we could feels, do this. Like we I do know, every year. I know. It feels, feels like it's been a decade since you all have been here. But, it has uh, been, huh? Needless to say, it's great to have you guys back. This mm-hmm. has always been a, a, a great tradition of ours. We love having it here and having you guys here. So thanks for having me on. No doubt. And uh, it, we were kind of discussing this game tomorrow uh, before we came on air, but this, I mean, you take number seven against number 16, this is one of the bigger games the two will have played in this venue. You might be looking at the biggest 50-50 split in the crowd and maybe mm-hmm. just flat out the biggest crowd at AT&T Stadium between the Aggies and Razorbacks since this game has been coming here. Yeah, well, all the above. I mean, it, it is going to be a great matchup tomorrow, and I will say that I think this you know game, at least coming in, has, has probably the most hype of, of any matchup we've had in the Southwest Classic here at AT&T Stadium. And mm-hmm. it's a big game for both teams. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you told me that Arkansas would be uh, – uh, as successful as they have been. I think they certainly had a chance of beating Texas, but I don't think anybody saw them doing it the way they did it. Mm-hmm. And then so for them to march in with, uh, with the confidence that they have and the swagger that they have right now, um, you know, this is going to be a good game tomorrow. Which is a good thing because last year, you know, the, if you look at the record at three and seven, probably should have been four and six after getting jobbed at Auburn <laughs> or, against, <laughs> or against Auburn. But you could see what Sam Pittman was doing and you could see that belief and, before we came on with Jimbo saying they're so experienced, and Jimbo Fisher said it during his coach's show, you've got fourth, fifth, and sixth-year guys. And some of those sixth-year guys, knowing that they want to come back and be a part of what Sam Pittman is building, says an awful lot about him, and, and they want to make their mark on their program and be something. To me, Sam Pittman is similar to what Jimbo did at Texas A&M, a chance to turn it around. And sometimes, as you know, it's the fit of a head coach. And Sam Pittman really seems to fit what they want to do at, at Arkansas. Spot on. I mean, he, he has done a remarkable job in a short period of time of, of making himself a part of the community there at, at Arkansas at a level where everybody's bought in. I mean, from top to bottom, um, he surrounded himself with some great coaches too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's done a great job there. Barry Odom on defense yep. is doing some great things. And Kendall Bryles on offense. Kendall Bryles on offense. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's smart in that regard. He's, he's put – put good people around him and, and it's starting to show. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, listen, you know, Arkansas is so passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been waiting for this for so long, the fan base there to, to kind of break out. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, what's great for the Aggies, right, is they got a nice scare up there in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so no taking anybody lightly. And I think they learned that early on and, and here they're going to come in and, and uh, know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So I am going to ask you this because I know, even today and on into tomorrow, you have a job to do. I mean, you're hosting <laughs> both right. teams here, uh, Michael and the Cotton Bowl. You're hosting both the Aggies and the Razorbacks. But I'm going to ask the Aggie in you because Andrew mentioned Sam Pitton 
Sam Pittman, excuse me. Uh, but I got to ask the Aggie and you uh, just what you think, as if you can put yourself in the fan shoe for sure. a little while of Jimbo Fisher and his oh. tenure thus far. Well, at we talk about oh, gosh, we, we talk about fitting in the persona, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how important that is. And gosh, from the minute he stepped foot on campus, I mean, he he, he fits, mm-hmm. and 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 it shows. Um, and then you add that with you know being a master recruiter and the the talent that's coming into this team and and. Uh, you could just see there's a grit too that this team has, and certainly last year to see them m- march all the way to the the Orange Bowl the way they did, and you know they, they, uh, uh, they he's just got them trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm bullish. Yeah, <laughs> I think you have to be. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you have to be honestly because you, we see season, off season, spring, season, off season. That's right. where you have to. That's where you have to get it rolling and bringing in not just talent. Bring in talent from other SEC schools. You know what I found interesting is, is uh, Sam Pittman was asked about uh, the Aggie offensive line. He said, believe me, I know how good they are. I was recruiting those same guys, mm-hmm. whether he was at Georgia or Arkansas, and they chose A&M. Now I've got to go against them. Right. You know? And that's, that's the old offensive line coach in him, you know what I mean? Sure. But that's what Jimbo said. We've got to take guys from Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, those programs. So go back to... Bobby Brown, Arlington Lamar, right, was going to Alabama. Jimbo said, don't make your decision yet. He comes in, and now you see all these guys on on the stage. It's not always the number of stars. It's do they also fit the program. And to you, Jimbo the fit, but we need this kind of guy who's a little unselfish. It's about team, not about him. And and to your point, Jimbo grew up with the same culture, the same core values, (laughs) and that's why I think he fits so well at A&M. No doubt about it. it in uh, you know, listen, um, the expectations have risen mm-hmm. as each year has gone by, and to see how he's dealt, I think, with those expectations. And obviously, we still have some room to improve this year offensively. We A and M has room to improve. <laughs> we we told you you're allowed to be you're allowed to be an Aggie in this segment. Oh my gosh! But uh, no, but you know, to see certainly how. Um, you know, uh, the level of expectations have grown and yet the ability to deal with it. And, and, you know, you don't want this team to be their best in week three. Right. You want them to be their best when the college football playoff right. comes around. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the question is in this gauntlet that is the SEC is that can they survive to get to that point uh, unblemished? And, or, you know, I th- you know, one loss in the SEC will get you into the playoff. But, mm-hmm. um Bottom line is they got a tough road ahead of them, but they've got the talent. Michael Conradi with us right here on Studio 12, Chief Marketing Officer of the Cotton Bowl and Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 96. And we were kind of throwing around some thoughts on, on tomorrow's game uh, with a bunch of the crew that's up here with us in, in the press box. And no one really thought that we're going to see a 35-31, 42-38 shootout type here tomorrow, are we? <laughs> a, a defensive juggernaut at some <laughs> level. I mean, that's. I, I think, you know, it, it's a cliche to say, and I think I said this to you, Will, it's a cliche to say, but ultimately it is going to come down to turnovers and, mm-hmm. you know, who makes the most mistakes is going to lose this game. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a battle. And I think it's one of those games where A&M could be down at half but come back in the second half and, and overtake them. Uh, not too dissimilar to Florida, I mean to uh, Colorado, hopefully mm-hmm. better than than that, you know, <laughs> made a lot of people nervous, uh, 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 you know, in Denver. But long story short, um, you know, it's it's going to be a grind with this team. And this game, even when Arkansas has been down, has always been a good game. They always make some play where the Aggies have a chance 
to to just step on them. There's to you say they're so opportunistic with yeah. a turnover, whether it's a fumble that they recover, put it in, or 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 a pick, and that's why. You know, it, it is have it's got to be some stop on fourth down, <laughs> seemingly at the right. end. Or Donovan Wilson, now a Cowboy, making the pick around midfield. It's always something like, no matter what the rankings are. Now yep. that you have two top sixteen teams, <laughs> sure, absolutely, it really magnifies it even more. It does, it does. But the crowd's going to be great here tomorrow, and mm-hmm. that's what's fun. This this place actually gets really loud because of all the glass in here and. And you add in the pageantry, the bands, and everything else. This this place will be hopping tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you how I know it's going to be a big crowd. The speakers were out yesterday. The Coolidge practice there fields. You go. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that the offense and the defense mm-hmm. practiced with. That means crowd the noise. Arkansas noise. There you yep, go. That absolutely. Means business. <laughs> but that's but that's how it was in Denver because Aggies traveled. That's right. what that's what was so fun about that. Big time. And now here in North Texas, we know how important North Texas is to Texas A&M. Whether it's just the recruiting and and everything else for A&M, that's what makes it fun and. You know what? I'm glad, I'm glad Arkansas is going to bring some people. You Absolutely. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that, uh, because you want that atmosphere, right? That's that's what you want from the kids, from the from the student athletes before who were playing here. Whether it was a, a state championship, yeah, it's playing against one another. But in here, you want that atmosphere. That's why you play at Texas A&M, right? For atmospheres like this. Well, that's exactly right. And I heard Jimbo speak to it earlier this week about how these players get an opportunity to come play at the home of the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, how so many of them have played here. Uh, for state championships mm-hmm. over the years when they were in high school. And so, you know, this is a special place. There's no, there's few football facilities like this in America, for sure. Agreed. And so at the end of the day, um, you know, for these, for these guys to have this opportunity year in, year out, uh, is pretty special. And it's one of these things I think if you ask them, you know, 20 years down the road, you know, what, what memories they have, they're going to say, I remember we got to go play at AT&T agree. Stadium. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it, especially for the, because there's the vast majority are not going next level. Right. And won't. So this will be very indelible for them. No yeah. doubt about it. Before you go, Michael, I, I want to ask you about your game, the Cotton yeah. Bowl. Uh, it's, it's one of the great games in college football, obviously now part of the CFP and the New Year's Six rotation. And uh, one of the hot topics in the collegiate game right now is the expansion of the playoff, and I'm guessing it's something that obviously is something you guys have to keep your eye on, but at the same time, I'm also thinking you guys in those offices just down the way here know that whatever happens, whatever college football looks like with the playoff five years from now, ten years from now, the Cotton Bowl's on great ground to be just one of the major games that we all look forward to watching around New Year's time or sure. in, in that playoff and New Year's Six arena. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it, you know, the college football playoff, uh, I think has actually been very successful for, for college football in general and that ultimately the goal is to crown a national champion and they've done that, I think, correctly mm-hmm. every year. And then obviously the debate's been about, well, who should be number four, who should be number five, mm-hmm. and now they're saying, you know, let's grow it, and, and then the debate will be, well, who should be number 12, <laughs> who should be number 13? <laughs> yeah. and, and we'll hear it probably, you know, two days after the, you know, when the, when the playoff <laughs> is formally expanded, but – you know, listen, college athletics right now in general, it's it's a wild, wild west. And, you know, you add in everything that's going on on the NIL side and transfer portal, Andrew, we were talking about yeah, earlier. And then yeah. You combine that certainly with conference, uh, you know, uh, realignment and, and, and now, um, you know, the prospect of playoff expansion. I think to your question, though, Will, for, for the sake of the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, we're, we're as, as positioned as well as we can for the future. You know, mm-hmm. we obviously have a beautiful home here at AT&T Stadium. You know, we just built up, I think, a lot of goodwill within college athletics and certainly amongst the power uh, structure in college athletics uh, by hosting the Rose Bowl here last year, mm-hmm. 48 hours after the Goodyear yeah. Cotton Bowl yeah. Classic. And 
helping our friends from Pasadena survive a, a really tough uh, time and, you know, for them. And so, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, if they do institute the 12 team model and everything that you read and you hear about it, um, it only has the potential, I think, to enhance our game to where the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic is a playoff game every year. We're mm-hmm. correct. A quarterfinal when we're not hosting semifinals. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, compelling. Well, we know that uh, all around college football, schools want to come to the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's because of the reputation, oh. how everybody's treated, this and that. But, Michael, you guys have never rested on that laurel, right? You, it's, you constantly want it. You, you strive to be the best, but – you know the reputation here is is fantastic, but that doesn't mean okay we can take we can relax. How can we continue to be the best? Well, it starts at the top. Rick Baker, who's you know been president in, in uh, for, for gosh over three decades. Uh, Troy Aikman was his first game. That's the way we look at it. <laughs> Troy Aikman was his first 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 Cotton Bowl, uh, UCLA. So so you know it starts at the top. He's done such a remarkable job over the years of setting that tone, and and ultimately our goal is to get better every year. It's it's funny you know we have a group of twelve Texas A and M sports management students that come up wow. and get college credit to work the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic every mm-hmm. year. Dr. Shane Hudson, through the sports management department, has done a phenomenal job with his program. And and we uh, we have the students read a book about customer service called Raving Fans. It was actually the former uh, AD at Auburn that turned this book on to us many, many moons ago. And he uh, this book is, is basically who it talks about who we are as an organization, about trying to f- get 1% better every year. 1% mm-hmm. doesn't sound like much. But when you've been in business for 86 years, it's hard to find that 1%. And so if you continue to strive to get a little bit better every year and, uh, and know that you can't be all things to all people. And so trying to focus on what we're most good at, which is hosting the teams, making sure that those players walk away saying that was the best bowl experience they've ever had and try to uh, you know, create memories that last a lifetime. Yeah, and I can tell you the last time the Aggies were in the Cotton Bowl, the 2013 game when Johnny Menzel and the mm-hmm. Aggies beat Oklahoma, all of us went back to College Station with that sentiment. You know, I mean, a quick story for Michael before he goes. My wife and I were sitting on the couch about a month after that game. It was February, so college football's over, so television is just boring as all get out <laughs> to me because <laughs> the season's over. And we simultaneously just said randomly, I wish we were back at the Cotton Bowl. That, that was the <laughs> hospitality <laughs> that we were shown uh, that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. you guys do it the best, and, and so glad to be back in Arlington for this matchup, the 78th all-time between the Aggies and Razorbacks. Mm-hmm. And, Michael, thank you so much for joining us as usual. Oh, it was great having you guys here. Thank you, you Michael. All right. Thanks, guys. Michael Conradi, Aggie class of 96, chief marketing officer of the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, gets us started on Studio 12 today from Arlington. More on the other side of the break on The Zone. Welcome back to AT&T Stadium. Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco, and now Matt Simon joining us. Our thanks to Michael Conradi from the Goodyear Cotton Bowl for getting our show started. Michael Conradi, Aggie class of 96, same class year as Mr. Matt Simon. No, 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 no. Same class year as Steve Miller. And I was Matt 98. Oh, now, no. we told Conradi he's got to associate with better yeah. Aggies if you're talking Matt yeah, but Simon you know, and Steve Miller. But, I'm, but I'm thinking <laughs> Steve brags about it. Yeah, same class as Michael Conrad. Yeah, you realize. <laughs> well, yeah, you know Matt, Mister Humility. Yeah, I mean, you realize he doesn't boast. No, this show it's it's nowhere to go but down with this show. Yeah, Conradi's built up such a big lead. That's that why I just I'm trying to just close out the game. Right. Pitch right. the last five innings or so. You're the fourth leg of the of the relay, and right now we're blowing everybody yeah. out. So just hang on. Yeah, hang on. Don't trip and so fall. So he's a thing, Mel. 
that what you're saying? No, yeah, he is yeah. not. Uh, <laughs> can we get Will to not race that thing, Mo? <laughs> you, you, yeah, you make you this, do, this you, attempt to bring back where there's a yeah, will yeah, every yeah. year. And I'm telling you, with every passing year yeah. in my age, it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm. It is not yeah. happening. He might bowl against somebody. Matt, might I could be something beat like you that. in a race right now. <laughs> you, guys, uh, you guys do some scouting of Saints practice down here? Yeah. With, uh, Belichick, I'm sure, is listening right uh, now. Eric McCoy and Michael Hodges are down on the field with the New Orleans Saints here in the DFW area practicing since uh, the hurricane in their area. Uh, Saints are here right now and they play i believe it's the patriots on sunday yes yeah yep i guess they'll fly out of here tomorrow up to new england but uh kind of the dfw area i know it's been tcu for a little while oh, yeah, to host the saints <laughs> uh, again they're practicing right here in front of us down on the field uh, as we get ready for a&m in arkansas tomorrow the saints they get ready for the patriots uh flying out of here tomorrow like i said but i was thinking about this game you got A&M number seven, Arkansas number 16. The only other matchup of ranked teams this week is Notre Dame and Wisconsin, and that's in Chicago. It's Soldier, Soldier Field. Field. Yeah. It's Wisconsin number 12, Notre Dame number 18. That's not as high a billings as these two teams we have here in Arlington. Aggies and Razorbacks, safe to say, biggest game in college football this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and obviously no mistake why CBS picked it. Mm-hmm. For the 2.30 window. Yeah. Absolutely. Usually this is a date reserved for Tennessee, Florida at 2.30 on CBS. Yes. They go they go Aggies and Razorbacks. Yeah. And Tennessee, Florida moves tonight. Yep. And that's, uh, you know, a, an indication of where A&M is. We talked about this two weeks ago in Colorado. When Fox does not get A&M and they get the opportunity, they they grabbed it. Yeah. Right? To play, mm-hmm. to play Colorado. Same thing here. CBS saying with these two teams, a lot of credit to Arkansas for it. But that seven next to Texas A&M only solidifies the opinion why this should be the 230 game. Mm-hmm. It is the 78th matchup between Texas A&M and Arkansas. It's the 10th time that the two will meet both as ranked opponents. In the previous nine, Arkansas took five of them. A&M has taken four. The first time they matched up as ranked opponents, 1957. The Aggies were number one. John David Crow mm-hmm. and Bear Bryant beat Arkansas 7-6. The last time they both met up as ranked opponents, 2016, here in that's Arlington. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Aggies were 10th. Arkansas was 17th. That's one of the games in, back in 16 here in Arlington where you look at the final score and say, well, that's, that's the anomaly. It wasn't all that close. The Aggies beat them 45-24. Actually, it was pretty close. And the Aggies pulled away mm-hmm. late in a tight contest. Yeah. But, yep. I mean, that's this game here in Arlington, guys. It's It's – I mean, Michael talked about it. Yeah. We're going to keep talking about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the broadcast. Just for some reason, now, this re- this year the reason will be because both teams are really good. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reasons in the past, A&M has won the game. But it has been it's been tough to put separation between them and Arkansas during these games. Yeah, it's a, you joke it's a nine-game winning streak with a point differential of about nine. <laughs> That's right. what it feels like. It sure it? does. It always yeah. it always comes down to that, and it's it's funny, you know, when when A and M comes into the SEC, it's like who's going to be the rival, and we naturally assumed LSU. You wonder. I've been asked this this week. Why wasn't this one more of a rival, considering there was the Southwest Conference history between the two? Mm-hmm. It was just never. It never was that. Oh, there's there's going to be that right now. It could be the gap from when Arkansas left <laughs> to join the SEC in '92, but things like this add into. This, this is what makes the SEC so special. Is, yeah, you can always have that Thanksgiving game. Now against LSU, who knows what it's going to be in the future. Is it going to be Texas? But then you, Arkansas, this is what makes the SEC, and it takes time, a little bit of time. So your little history of 
here in the Southwest Classic, these games being so close, I think only adds to that kind of a mystique to a, a, a budding rivalry between the two schools. Yeah, I mean, I remember when this game was announced back in 2000, was it, Will, 8, 9, something like that. It was a brand-new stadium. Yeah. First, uh, you know, and the concept was to play the neutral side here. Of course, then the teams end up being uh, SEC divisional rivals at that. You know, obviously when Texas and OU come in, the Aggies uh, will, will pick up, fans will pick up right where they left off with those two schools because of the familiarity. But had they not been coming in, and, and still other things will develop, over time, rivalries just take time. Yeah. It was self like personally the one disappointing thing to me about the move to the SEC was we lost – a rival, rivalries. You know, right. you had no, you had some history with LSU and Arkansas, but not much with anybody else. Hey, you can't get everything you want. That's okay. I mean, it worked out, but you know, this is one that if you look at that, yes, the Aggies have won all of these games in a row, but they they could have easily flipped the other direction. The oh, games sure. have been wild. The sure. games have been exciting. LSU, you know, you need wild and crazy things to happen. You need that seven overtime game. You need LSU. Like you need you need things to happen to build up a rivalry. And I think those two. You know, your rivalries are going to come out of the West. I'd say Ole Miss. I don't know that it's a rivalry, but as far as entertaining football games, when those two teams oh my are played, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of, you know, this one has the old school history. I came to school in 1994. I had zero history with Arkansas. So when we picked up the game here, mm -hmm. for me, Arkansas had no – I had no interest in Arkansas. I, yeah. I got to think it's kind of how, with the exception of Texas, it's got to be how current students are now. They have no history. You know, right. we all live through the Big Twelve. Right. We have all these Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, but current students don't. Yeah. I mean, they have friends that go to these schools, but they don't have the the history here. But for the for the old Ags uh, that remember all these epic Arkansas A and M matchups and battles in Fayetteville, and um, you know, it's funny we were uh, talking last week. Uh, the the with this being the hundredth year of the twelfth man, the first time that a twelfth man sign basically appeared at Kyle Field was it was a banner hung from the second deck at Kyle in a game against Arkansas in the 60s. We got a picture of it up on our uh, on our Centennial website. It says the 12th man is here and it's against Arkansas. So it's you know there's some history. There's it's kind of fun history. fun history uh, there as well. But to me it's a, the rivalries take time to develop uh, to me. You know, this game has always been a first conference game thing. Um, you know where it's kind of sets the tone. I saw one of the national writers thought, you know, this game will uh, provide the uh, maybe only, but the easily the quick leader in the pack of who's going to try to unseat right. Alabama right. in the West. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, but again, I I think as a fan, um, this one has been a, an entertaining, a wildly entertaining game. It's put a lot of gray hairs on your head if you're an Aggie fan. But hey, you can always walk out of here. You have been always able to walk out here as a, as a winner. What's interesting, working in Florida, living in Florida at the time that Arkansas joined the SEC, the thought was, ooh, how's that going to be? Now you know Arkansas is an SEC school. I know they have the history of the Southwest Conference. I get that. But not, but that's what time will do, to, to Matt's point. That's what mm -hmm. time does. But at, at, at the time, it was kind of an awkward fit. School that far west to be part of the SEC? You know what I mean? So mm – -hmm. But it's it's really fit well. But to go back to the old Southwest Conference, uh, my partner for basketball, Dr. John Thornton, had some battles with Arkansas. He's, in, in that he's old literally, story. I think, had to fight his way out of Barn Hill Arena before. <laughs> fairly certain he has. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, and I'm not talking about with words. <laughs> <laughs> so.
Yeah, but, but, I, he, but he had Barry I, yeah. Davis with him, so you got to like your chances with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, a hiatus always kind of dissipates a rivalry, and that's what you had with A&M Arkansas starting in 92 when the Razorbacks left the league to go to the SEC. Uh, it, and then it begs the question of, you know, what will it look like when the Aggies start playing Texas again after that hiatus uh, once Texas joins the league. But when, when it comes to rivalry, once the Longhorns join the league, the discussion ends because then your, your chief and true and arch rival is, is right back there on your schedule, and, th- and they'll be the number one. But for those that, you know, didn't get to see A&M in Arkansas, play, yeah. that, that, that the younger generation that did or that period between 1992 and 09 when they didn't play, you were really missing out on something because this game has history. It has stories. We talked to Quinn Grovey yeah. the other day, yeah. Wednesday, on Studio 12. Yeah. He was the Razorback quarterback yep. in the late 80s. Yep. Ask Quinn Grovey if the Aggies were a rival. When Quinn Grovey quarterbacked the Arkansas Razorbacks, it was either A&M or Arkansas who won the Southwest That's Conference exactly right. and went to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, it, that, that, in the mid-'70s and then the late-'80s, this, that's when this series was at its peak. And, it, you know, if these two teams are going to hold what they're doing right now, one in the top ten, the other in the top 20, it could get back to its peak pretty quick here. Yeah. But you, you're missing out on some great stories, some great games, some great legends that have played in this contest if you missed out and don't know a lot about the A&M Arkansas series from that 92 to 08 period when they, yeah. when they didn't play. Yeah. But hiatus can hurt a rivalry. But now that it's back, I mean, enjoy A&M Arkansas. Yeah. It's a great series. And I'll, always, I'll finish with this. When they say for it to be a rivalry, they both have to beat each other. I have never agreed with it. I'm it's a rivalry if you don't like each other. Absolutely. Yeah. You think Arkansas likes A&M right no. now? Having, no. Having this streak on the wrong side? It's a rivalry simply if you don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a knockdown drag out that's going to look like two teams that don't like each other a whole lot tomorrow. Yeah. So that's going to yeah. have rivalry aspects to it, uh, the bottom line for me. It's interesting. If this keeps adding and you, you have Arkansas and you have LSU and you add Texas, isn't this like Jimbo being at Florida State where Florida's a rival, Miami's a rival, Clemson's a rival? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not, yeah. all, that's not all in the conference, but it's almost similar in that mm-hmm. you, get, you get those types of games Every single year. And the further we go in the SEC, that's going to evolve. I agree Texas will be there. Right. OU's coming back. Right. LSU, Arkansas, you're going to yep. have that. Yep. that. That disdain for multiple right. games. As well as you hope it's going. in Alabama that it gets added right. into that. Get yeah, that stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We'll take a break here from Arlington, come back and discuss the matchup tomorrow between the seventh-ranked Aggies and the number 16 Arkansas Razorbacks. We return to AT&T Stadium in a moment on The Zone. Welcome back. Moving along here at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco, Matt Simon with you. Tomorrow, 2.30 is kickoff, 7th-ranked A&M and number 16, Arkansas. 1.30 is the St. Joseph Health pregame show, so make sure you're dialed in across the A&M Sports Network. The Aggies and Razorbacks meeting both as ranked teams for the 10th time and the first time since 2016. So it's always easy to ask what you guys want to see tomorrow and Hey, I, I, I get the feeling that uh, Dave Elmendorf would like to meet and shake hands with Michael Conradi because Michael said, that, look, the bottom line is sounds simple to say, but turnovers are going to matter tomorrow. You know that's going to matter to Dave. Uh, and just like we talk about all the time, not just with turnovers, playing clean. This is SEC play now. This is Arkansas. They're ranked. 
those MAs, they call them, missed assignments, this is the time of year where they get you beat if you make enough of them. Interesting that uh, practice this week, um, talking with some of the defensive players, I got to overhear the coaches saying the reason why you have to be so gap secure and in the right position, he said, when that happens, it's a 12-yard gain against New Mexico. From here on out, it's a touchdown mm-hmm. in the SEC. You have got to be. And that's Jimbo talking about, you know, sticking your nose in the honey, right? You've got to be so gap secure as he talks the hat on the hat. I think the execution, I think if this offensive line can execute, I'd like to see us run it right back at Arkansas. I really would. I'd like mm-hmm. to see that. And I, and I think that's that balance for Texas A&M. And then uh, does that loosen up the defense a little bit? Jimbo loves the back end. He loves Catalan for Arkansas. And, you know, Jimbo's always going to know who the best player is on that defense because he likes to either find that mismatch or, or know who's back there. Defensively, you know what? It's got to be the same thing from the last two weeks. It really does. They've got – I asked Jimbo, is that part of the identity? You'll hear this tomorrow. Is that defense part of the identity? And he said it has to be – it has to be the three phases in the identity. It can't just be the defense. You know what I mean? It has to be all three phases have to be up and working. But that defense, I think, can also set that tone with that confidence. Arkansas' success for K.J. Jefferson is to run the ball. But if they take that away, make K.J. be a passer more. I think that plays into Texas A&M's hands. Mm-hmm. You referenced that the Aggies practiced with crowd noise this yeah. week. Well, yeah. the Saints are doing it right mm-hmm. now. Down here on uh, on the field surface at uh, AT&T Stadium. Saints are in town after being displaced due to the hurricane. They play at New England on Sunday. They've got the crowd noise pumping, if you can hear it in the yeah. background. It was all Arkansas. Get, it was yeah. all Arkansas crowd. If, if, if Just to give you guys an idea, anytime they do that when they know it's going to be loud, it'll be they did it. They got they got a, a, a Clemson crowd before we went there. They, had, they usually have the Alabama crowd before we go to Bryant-Denny. And it was all Arkansas noise, and both the offense and the defense. And it it was it um, came down in volume once, and Jimbo turned right to them and said, "Back up and louder." Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the practice yesterday was with that noise. And can we do it? It's one thing to do it when you can hear everything. Can you do it? Can you communicate mm-hmm. offensively and defensively with all that happening? It, it it to me it was a very it was a very good step. Probably could have used it looking back. That got loud in Denver. <laughs> well, I was about to say that I think the Denver experience is going to pay off for this. The younger guys on the team, it's going to be a lot louder here for multiple reasons. There'll be more people, but also it's indoors, so it's going to carry yeah. the noise more. But the fact that you had your fans rooting for you right behind your bench and other people rooting against you, like you had that feel in Denver, mm-hmm. um, I think that will – it can't do anything but help. Just the fact that that ended up being a neutral side game, yeah. it can't do anything but help. And I asked Jimbo that. Does that, does that game two weeks ago – count towards the experience that you're going to face he said he hopes so along the lines of the physicality as well knowing how physical that game was did they mm-hmm. did, will they learn from that he says he, he certainly hopes so so um going to be going to be very interesting because uh, the matchups the matchups are intriguing we you know talking with michael will about you know uh, barry odom and kendall bryles well you know what they've got to go up against <laughs> jimbo daryl dickey and mike elka right, right you know what i mean yeah. And that's the key. And, and, and what I'm really impressed is, is coaches who are secure with bringing in guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. That tells you that they want to win. You know, because that is Mike Elko's defense. He knows he has a good one. But the, you know what? That's the other thing. Mike is also – Dave talks with Mike during the entire week. There's room for improvement there. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people don't say, well, well he just pitched what? a shutout. You can't get any better. Jimbo said you've set a standard. 
do not fall below it. Correct. Now, that's a hard standard to meet. The defense has thrown a shutout seven straight quarters mm -hmm. now. That is a high bar. Mm -hmm. And Jimbo Fisher is issuing a challenge to not dip below that bar. As difficult as that sounds, it's become the expectation of this defense. Yes, it has. I'm not, they're not going to shut everybody out the rest Correct. of the way. That doesn't happen. But they expect to dominate most opposing offenses. Yeah. And they don't care who the opponent yeah. is the rest of the way. What have you always said about the wrecking crew? First to ten? <laughs> <laughs> they used to tell the offense, just score, and we'll handle the rest. Get one. Get a, get a touchdown. Well, And Colorado kind of worked out that way. They got one touchdown. The defense handled the rest. Because the defense kept saying, <laughs> yeah. we're going to handle it. Yep. And against New Mexico, I mean, you could have won that game with three points. We're glad that they scored 34, right. but right. It, you could have won and, it with three points. And on the improvement side, like in that game against New Mexico, to score at the end of the half, get the ball first, second half. Now they were field goals. Jimbo wants touchdowns there. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what they like to do. Score late in the first, that boomerang, yeah. late in the first that They got points, but Jimbo says from here on out, they, that's got to be six. Right, and that's three. where I go to with my next point before we go to break here. Uh, my, I always track the red zone, and mm -hmm. I think you've got to max out the red zone. I agree zone. with you. I mean, you've got to score touchdowns in the red zone instead of kick field goals. Can't score every time. But as Jimbo has said, he wants 75% on the touchdown rate in the red zone. I ask for 67%. I'm going for two-thirds. Jimbo wants three-fourths. Either way right now, A&M's not matching it. A&M has got to do better in the red zone. I think it's key tomorrow because two good defenses are on the field. I don't know how many shots you get mm -hmm. when you're down there in the red zone. You've got to max out the red zone tomorrow. A&M four times already this year has had a trip into the red zone that yielded no points. Empty. Mm -hmm. Cannot happen. No. Cannot happen, and I guarantee Jimbo Fisher addresses yeah. a stat like He's not a stats guy, but he'll address a stat like that. Yeah, I agree you with You can't that. have empty possessions down there in the red zone. A&M, four of them already this year. Good thing is you know they're going to work on it. You know they'll be far better than what they've shown so far in the red zone. Yeah. Those empty possessions in the red zone, I think that's going to be minimal mm -hmm. the rest of the year. They're going to start scoring in the red zone. Those scores starting tomorrow, they got to be touchdowns. Those little games within the game, yeah. or those stats within yeah. the game, right? So you get you get that. Can you score in the red zone? And the special teams, really good sign last week along the lines of Anias, even though some runs were taken back. Yeah, good there, but still some things to clean up as well. There was some movement going on there. You know what I mean? So some mm -hmm. things to clean up, but yeah, I, I know it sounds simplistic, but Jimbo always says it: the three phases. You've got to win all three phases mm -hmm. in the game to get that victory. Good thing about special teams is. Uh, you know, I always say hit the explosive plays, too. A&M, 17th nationally in plays of 10 yards or more, but just 72nd nationally in plays of 20 yards or more. Mm -hmm. But that's been negated a little bit because you get a Leon O'Neal 85-yard interception return. Correct. Anaya Smith in the punt return. Right. You're hitting the explosives. I don't think you have to hit them all on offense. Right. You can get an explosive yeah. elsewhere. You take it. And man. Devon A-Chain, 38-yard return on a kickoff. Yeah. So you're starting yeah. at 38, right. not the 20 Field or the 25. Swings. Yes. I mean, yep. you can get explosive plays in more ways than one. Now, the way they track it is just from the offensive yeah. line of scrimmage. Right. I do think the Aggies need to take that next step there. We saw a little bit of it. DeMond Demas, right. obviously, he can go deep. But right. But you're getting them elsewhere, and that's a good thing. You know, and then how much is it? Okay, DeMond, how, we talked about Zach, right, quarterbacking after Colorado with that number one team. What does DeMond do in practice this past week? Yeah. Does he also have that I can moment? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like Jimbo was saying, going to be really fascinating. A whole lot of confidence, you hope, coming in. All right, we'll discuss it and close things out from AT&T I can't Stadium. hear. I need a timeout. You need a timeout? Yeah, I can't hear. Crowd's too loud. Too loud. Timeout. Okay. Let's take a break. Uh, he was, Matt was about to audible at the line of scrimmage. No. Crowd noise. Got to be safe. It's third down. So All he right. stepped back. It's right. third down. Amazing. So what we'll do, we're going to have to punt right now, but we'll <laughs> no, come no, no. back. We'll get the ball back for the last segment, and we'll roll. We'll finish strong, we think. 
<laughs> we'll at least finish. We'll try. <laughs> we will finish here at the top of the hour. Back in a moment to AT&T Stadium in just a bit on The Zone. Getting close to closing out here in Arlington. Studio 12 coming to you from AT&T Stadium, where tomorrow at 2.30 it's the Texas A&M Aggies and the Arkansas Razorbacks 1.30 St. Joseph Health pregame show. Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco, Matt Simon with you on Studio 12 today. Pregame begins at 2, right? Right now? Like we're going to go throughout the afternoon? Just start an early pregame? Mm. Just go? Yeah. Keep on going right through kickoff? Why not? Oh, man. Yeah. Someone's doing that in college football. <laughs> I got someone, someone, probably Oklahoma has a I was about to say, is about Eli Gold doing that? <laughs> well, <laughs> Alabama is. Eli's not. Yeah. <laughs> Eli checks in. Eli's going to check in with Saban yeah. a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> if then, Nick's on, I'll be on. And, and then stroll <laughs> into the booth. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> uh, just a few final thoughts uh, before we say goodbye here. But one thing that you hear about this contest as many expect it to be a fourth quarter game and why not they're both ranked that's usually what happens when these two meet up especially here at AT AT&T Stadium but something I looked up and I'll throw this out you got to like the Aggies in the fourth quarter of close games especially with Jimbo Fisher as the head coach A&M when they enter the fourth quarter in a one score game in the Jimbo era now that can be within seven points advantage or deficit Mm. Up or down. Yeah. But if it's a seven-point or less game entering the fourth quarter, under Jimbo, the Aggies are 13-1. and one. Wow. They've won their last ten. The only loss was in his first year, 2018, at Mississippi State. Right. Down 14-13 right. yeah. entering that fourth quarter, yeah. and the Bulldogs got two late touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a four-quarter game tomorrow, which you expect, yeah, I like the Aggies under Jimbo Fisher. And I thought this, I thought because it was a sixty-minute game, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but because it was sixty minutes at Colorado, I truly believe this defense comes to party for all sixty. You want to be part of this? You better be ready to do it for sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. And this offense wasn't that the key last year with this offensive line. Okay, we're going, to, we're just going to keep coming at you until that that final that final horn. You better be here. You're, we're not here for fifteen. 30 or 45, you better be ready for all 60. I think that's the mentality. That's that grit that, that he has taught this team on both sides of the You ball. could see that in Denver, especially down on the field. And this is going to sound silly when I say it, but I say silly stuff all the time. I, uh, <laughs> I truly thought, like, we're going to score. Mm-hmm. Will we run out? Will the clock hit zero before? Right. You could feel it. Right. You could feel the energy. It's like, we're going to score. Oh, we didn't. We fumbled. Okay, we're going to go again. So you're like, I just hope we have enough time to get the ball down right. and score. But the mentality was there to me. The mentality is like, oh, you guys need us to stop. You need the mm-hmm. ball back. Or we got you. Like, we're going to go down and score. And so that's that mentality. Are you going to win every single time that happens? No. But that mentality, that edge, that mental edge is so big in a game like this. And in the SEC, you're going to play four-quarter games a bunch. A bunch. Yes. And yes. that's And these guys have been through it. And, yes, they've been on the, the positive side of it almost every time. But they've been through it. They, it's not new to them. You no, know, no, it's not. This week or, you know, tomorrow if it happens in the fourth quarter or if you're in Columbia, Missouri in a couple of weeks and you're down three with the ball, with like it's not going to phase you because you've done it. They know what to do. They yes. know what to do. Now, yep. again, like I said, I thought at, at Denver I really liked that attitude. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a lot of frustration and di- disappointment when the Aggies were unable to score that first time. Like, all right, well, let's go. We'll get the ball back. Let's give it another shot. And, and to their credit, they found a way to, to win a, a very much a defensive game. It was great. Yeah. 
And there's a little bit been made of the Aggies. You know, they they struggled against Colorado. Mm -hmm. They probably, you know, we use that word convincing. Mm -hmm. I don't, but too many people out there, you know, were they convincing enough against Mm -hmm. New Mexico? Did they play well enough? Okay, so the Aggies haven't been perfect, but we alluded to this Wednesday. Who has? Alabama. I thought Alabama was going to blow out Florida. They didn't. They held on with a two-point conversion. Georgia, yeah, they people say they look great, but even though they beat Clemson on opening night, they didn't score an offensive touchdown that night, and I think that concerns you no matter who you beat. I mean, Oregon, is, it, they think they look great, and they struggle with Fresno State to start. Clemson and Ohio State have losses in other games that they've struggled in. Oklahoma struggled twice. This Arkansas team, people think they look great right now. They struggled on opening night against the lowly Rice team. So they were trailing late look, in that. Who looks great right now? But that, what was what is that was Jimbo's was, uh, point on Monday? At Colorado, mm-hmm. after Colorado, because we it went in the hype video we posted the day before New Mexico, and then after New Mexico, he talked about I don't remember the exact line well, but it was something effective like great teams recognize that they have flaws and things they need to work on. Like, you don't just sit there and go, everything's okay, because it ain't okay. But he said that's the difference is the great teams know that, and the great teams are able to to adjust off of that. But that's the thing that I love. He's got that national championship ring. So when he says the great teams I've been around have gone through this too, it resonates throughout this program. Oh, they, they, they weren't humming on all eight cylinders all year? No, you can continue to get better. That's that's what I like. And when he says it to them, they understand. That's right. That guy's got a national championship. That's now's what we're striving for. And he knows now's the time to be at your best. Yes. First three games, you win and you built and you and you correct some mistakes. And now it's conference play. Mm-hmm. Now you got to be at your best. Big, yeah. so. Big no, it's boy football. <laughs> <laughs> I did love it as in the New Mexico locker room after the game. He said, it's SEC play now. It's big boy football. And one of the players started clapping and yelling, saying, yeah, Chip, yeah, well, yeah. You better put your big boy pants. You better put your big boy <laughs> yep. practice yep. pants on. Yeah, he addressed the, the guy hooting and hollering. You know what I like, though? I like SEC because play. we know we've got the big boys, like the Marvin Leal. We know we've got Michael Clemens, right? Those are some big boys. Like I say, they come, you, if you want to, you better come ready to party because right, they are yeah, let's go. <laughs> they're yeah. ready. I know. But all good to be back in Arlington. Sure is. Good to have this game uh, here uh, once more. Loved it at Kyle Field and possibly the future in Well, we liked it because we know we don't have to go to Fayetteville for a while. Well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? You take good care of Brad Sham's booth. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll, we'll take another job. selfie. Send nicely. it to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's. Yeah, definitely have to clean. Yes, yeah, we clean nice. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Keep it clean. Yeah. Before we get off the air, do we have to wave bye to Ellen Stewart? Yes. Her final day as a member of the Cotton Bowl. Former 12th Man Productions employee. Her last event is the Aggie Arkansas yeah, game here tomorrow. How about tomorrow. that? She's up here in the booth with us, by the way. We're waving by. Yeah. Which Dad, doesn't really Dad has, radio. Dad has the U-Haul packed. Yep. And the golf clubs and he's in the trunk. Off to North Carolina on a three-day yeah. trek. She's I off to the I think the Cotton Bowl's putting Ellen on a private plane yeah. to yeah. head to North Carolina. <laughs> That's about right. Where she will start with the ACC on Wednesday, right? Wednesday. All the best. All the best to you. They're getting a good one. And uh, that's it for us until uh, one thirty tomorrow with the St. Joseph Health pregame show. 2.30 kickoff, A&M in Arkansas from AT&T Stadium. 78th matchup, 10th time that they are both ranked. We are looking forward to it. All the postgame coverage when it's over. Check uh, Texas A&M football social media channels. Oh, oh. Now i got to do work. Thanks, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're gonna put yeah. you to work. Yeah, yeah. he thought he was getting out of it. I know. He thought, I thought, I was, yeah. thought he was done. He was just about, watching. He thought he was done in 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Fail. Nope. Darn it.
Now his day's ruined. All right, that's it from AT&T Stadium on this Friday, but we'll see you right back here tomorrow for the Ags and Hogs on Saturday. So long, everybody, on The Zone. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.